0: fun. Whoa, what's that, beam of light? Hey, young Andrew Lenz. It's me, Andrew Lenz from the future, telling you that your dream is going to come true. What? No way! Yeah, you're going to have an awesome podcast called Let's Talk, but no politics, okay? And new episodes come out every Sunday on BICB Radio Network! The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-Radio.com. Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast on the network, found exclusively at vicbp radiocom I am one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by, I'm assuming COVID-free, Sean Fritz. Sean?
1: I am still continuing, continually, am still 100% COVID-free. I received my first and second shipment of masks from Redbubble. So I'm up to nine. Nice. And I have I have another shipment on the way of another five. So you're still
0: good. You're still Matt Damon.
1: I'm, I am. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say that I'm in, um, immune, but, you know. So, so far, so good, man. You're proving the point.
0: Yeah, that masks do, in fact, work. Bingo. Bingo. What's... I just... I don't get it. I don't understand. Do you know what I saw... Um, just was it last weekend or the weekend before? Um, there was an article about New Zealand having its first rugby matches again uh, to completely packed stadiums.
1: Uh huh. Because,
0: because the, they did it right. right.
1: Yeah, and and to your point, I was talk. I was uh, I did a virtual convention for Fayetteville at the end of July. I believe it was the end of July. Yeah, and they had, uh, they had they They had to go virtual for obvious reasons, and if you're not up to the speed on that well all right that's that's must be nice right <laughs> the uh but we did it, and we had Dwayne Cameron, who uh, from power Ranger's operation overdrive. It wasn't that great of a season, but he was a cool dude, and he was in New Zealand. He was actually calling from the future because it was twelve hours ahead, and he said that as of when he whenever he called back to us in the past that either Australia or New Zealand was a hundred percent COVID free because they were living in a bubble. Yeah. New Zealand, a, pl-
0: yeah, a plan bubble. Cause Australia is having some problems right now. Uh, as of uh, August 2nd, the recording of this episode, they're starting to have some spikes uh, in Australia, but New Zealand, uh, they, they shut it down quick, dude. They stopped uh, as much as they could quickly. They started shutting down the borders early. I think in April, um, mandated masks, mandated social distancing, mandated, you know, the closure of a lot of the economy. Uh, and the thing is, is everyone said, you know what, for the good of our country, let's do this. Uh, and that's what the, the, for me, that's patriotism, right? That's saying we're doing this for the betterment of our, our neighbor and, and our, yeah. man, our fellow man.
1: The health of our people. Yes. Is the most important thing.
0: And they're going back Just- to normal must be nice and um, i imagine dude if we could if, if we had done the stuff the right way like we'd be back to normal now you know what i mean we would be so, we would be hanging out in north carolina here soon at uh the next convention but it's probably not going to happen because people are dicks about their masks today
1: is day four of what was supposed to be galaxy con raleigh oh, i'm so mad yeah uh, dude. let me let me read you this article from July from July 16. Yeah, I'm just going to read you the headline, and I might have shared this before. Utah meeting on masks is canceled when residents without <laughs> masks pack room. Dude, and just search that. Just search like Utah Utah mask meeting. Utah meeting on masks. It's from NBC News. And listeners, if you, I'm not going to read all of this, but man, the comments in here. Just make me laugh out loud. Just the way these people think is just amazing. Just, and they put the people have their, they're quoted. Their names are in here and boy, I would not want to be those people in anytime after today. If they go anywhere outside of their little
0: bubble in Salt Lake city. Right dude. So also search up, uh, if you've not seen this photograph, because we discussed this on the last episode of Chris and Anthony, just can't stop. Um, there's a picture of Niagara Falls. So in Niagara Falls, they have these ferries that take you out to the actual falls and then kind of bring you back to the land. And there's the American side and there's the Canadian side. The American is that side made of the mist. Yeah, made of, made of the Mist is the the American side. The Canadian side has a one called Whistleblower, uh, or Hornblower or something like that. Um, so they're both side by side in the waters. One's actually heading out. One's coming back. And the stark contrast. Uh, the Maid of the Mist is absolutely. It's a two-decker. Uh, ferry, completely packed. You can see all nothing but blue because it's people wearing blue rain ponchos. And then the the Canadian one had six people total on their two-decker 2, de- two decker, uh, ferry. I just don't get it. I don't get the mentality that says, I don't give a fuck except for, you know, what makes me feel good. I'm going to do what I want. Because
1: those people, there were, it was packed because they weren't distancing properly. Is that... Oh, Is that the conclusion you're trying trying to draw?
0: 100%. Shoulder to
1: shoulder. I was at the gas station the other day, went inside to pay, and I had to stop myself because I didn't realize, just blindly just walking, or not blindly, just unconsciously walking towards the counter to pay, and there's a serpentine line. So I walk up, and the person in front of me was... Like, shoulder to shoulder to the person behind them. I'm like, what What are you doing? Thinking to myself, here's the best part. No <laughs> mask. I, I just wanted to just throw a stick of dynamite and just walk walk away.
0: It just doesn't make sense. Dude, we could be back to normal right now. That's the thing that's so frustrating is, like, you see no, this in other countries. No, we won't because Ugh. there's Florida. <laughs> Sorry, Florida listeners, but come on. No, we're not. You live there. You know, Florida. Yeah,
1: you, you willingly choose to
0: continue to be there. Yeah, I lived there. Uh, I know. So I you know You chose for sure. not to be there, Chris. Exactly. Your brother, that's another story. <laughs> because I know Florida. This, it is frustrating, right? It's one of these things where you just see... The end result, you see bad decisions being made constantly over and over and over and over and it becomes so frustrating because it's like, how do you pull for this, these people? How do you pull for them? How do you pull for our society? How do you, how do you hope that we come out on top when you see this kind of moronic, uh, you know, actions and decision making?
1: Well, and they willingly do it like, Oh, let's have a party. (laughs) Why? Yeah. No one else is having parties. Well, this isn't the chicken pox parties of the '80s and '90s, if you remember
0: those. Yeah. Oh God, do you remember that? Bring your kids uh, over so they can get it yeah. too and get it out of the way. Hey,
1: yeah. you know what they call
0: that? Is bad parenting. Oh my God! Right? Like, like, how was that okay? But that was a known thing. Like that happened all the time. It wasn't lethal, though. True. It wasn't a fatal disease. That well, not we... to everyone, but I mean, could you imagine if you did have the one kid that you know? that got that and it ended up killing him. Cause I know there was, there was the thing where chicken pox could kill you if you did, if it, you had some sort of deficiency in your immune system to it. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, chicken pox had been around for some
1: time Yeah, and you know, there was a vaccine for it. True. And, and there was also, you know, such people such as myself who didn't get it as a kid were allegedly going to get it as an adult, but much worse. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting. Oh, uh, can you cut that out dude. so that the
0: podcast gods don't hear that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't want that but it is man it really speaks to the kind of it's it's weird um and and i'm tying it right into the the movie we watched for this week's episode because the movie we watched was that kind of a thing where you just keep seeing bad decision making happening over and over and over and it just makes it hard to pull for the the antagonist of this film this week we're talking about the movie uncut gems hey! How you doing, Holly?
1: How's it going? How are you? Good Pesach. Out. All right, Larry. You're a Jew again. Welcome back. I made a crazy risk, a gamble, and it's about to pay off.
0: So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just
1: know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. That's the dumbest
0: fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree.
1: I disagree, Gary. What is that? I started it. Are you serious? You're taking my money all over town, placing bets.
0: I'm having very serious second
1: thoughts. Are you serious right now? I know I fucked up. Howard, where's the money right now? Howard, got
0: my money? Howard! Is it too late?
1: I'm done. That means nothing. It meant nothing. Please. Give me another shot. You like to win, right? This is no different than that. Black Jewel power, nigga.
0: This is my fucking way. You think I'm stupid, Howard? You and your whole fucking family. I heard you resurfaced your fucking swimming pool. You I, know how
1: that makes me feel. Never you resurfaced think you like the point I my life I
0: don't know who said that. I told you about how things were going to go. You like the way things are going now? That's my family. Get the kids out of the house. You having a good time? Yes. This is me.
1: This is how I win. KJ, it's game night. You should be stretching out. What is he, a coach?
0: Nah, just a fucking crazy ass Jew. Um Yeah, that's how it made me feel, dude. Like aside from the pacing and all this other stuff, which we'll probably get into here in a second, um, it was very hard for me in the process of watching this film because I just kept saying, Fuck, why does it just keep, why? Why do we keep making stupid decisions? And then we can, like I said, we could put up a mirror to society and say the same thing. Why do you keep making stupid decisions? Why don't you just make the right decision, which you know is the right decision, and things will work out in the end. Um, I don't know how you felt about it, but it, it was it, watching this film was kind of tough for me.
1: This is a yell at the movie screen and it's okay type of movie. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? You got the Patrick Stewart hand out, you know, outstretched. <laughs> Like what? What is going on here? Yeah, what, yeah. Why are you doing this? What? What is your deal? Why are you a moron?
0: You're you're just barely getting ahead on this, but it's not enough. Yeah, uh, this was a film we both said we obviously we hadn't watched. It's more of a newer film. It came out on Netflix la- at the end of last year. Uh, Got a lot of rave reviews, a lot of rave reviews in terms of the acting, you know, Adam Sandler's performance and all this, you know, the story, uh, the the two brothers that wrote the film that everybody was giving a lot of accolades on it. So I thought, let's watch a film we haven't seen before uh, so that we actually come at this from just kind of like no nostalgia, no, no, you know, predetermined thoughts, because honestly, I didn't really read the reviews. I just had heard that, you know, uncut gems getting this and that. And I, and I remember seeing also something about, there was some sort of uproar that they kind of snubbed Sandler on an award for his performance. Um, but I didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, so a lot of this film made me very kind of uncomfortable. Uh, and there's other reasons for that, but there was a lot where I was just kind of like, Oh, I, don't like this guy man he's such a freaking dirtbag I just don't like him yeah I mean there are moments of redemption
1: and then it's it's foiled right away and then (laughs) you know there's just so much just so much going on and you feel sorry for him periodically and then you don't and then you do again and you're just like man what is your deal yeah so uh let's, Every, everybody's a heel in this movie really is what it comes down to
0: yeah yeah i don't think that there was anyone in on this film not one person that i looked at and was like okay well they're they're a pretty decent person overall you know what i mean i mean there's p- decency in people but oh, everybody still had this thing about them that was just kind of ugh um so let's get into the plot The idea is 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 adam sandler plays this character howard uh i forgot his last name he's a he's a a jeweler a a dealer um in new york city he's ratner fast uh ratner there you go he's a fast talking guy right he's he's a a quick dealing guy uh he's um he's one of these guys he's got that kind of magnetic personality like when he's right when he starts talking you kind of okay let me come and see what this uh carnival barkers is selling right that's what he comes across as uh immediately we get like thrown into the fact that he is—he's uh, got an issue. He's got an issue with gambling. He's got an issue with owing money to the bookies, um, and he does a lot of you know borrowing from Peter to pay Paul type of a thing, which is basically putting him on a fast track to a, a quick demise. And and the idea behind this film is that he's got a, a kind of a, a card up his sleeve. He he discovered that, you know, in Ethiopia, there's these black opals that are being mined. He got a big chunk of it uncut and uh, was looking to put it up for auction to make money. And his idea is, is this is the money that's finally going to get him out of all of his troubles. But in the meantime, he's still got to duck all these people coming at him uh, and deal with the fact that Kevin Garnett kind of felt like he kept trying to steal this thing which was weird too this this uncut gem Um, that that part was
1: really weird to me like kevin garnett thinks this gem gives him powers and he's at the end of the movie he's staring at it in the locker room during halftime
0: yeah huh yeah well yeah it does play into the first time he comes across it um you know and that's the thing so that's the plot of this film is is this character which uh again he comes off as just like such a oh man you can't like him, man. He's married with children, which they're already separating. He's got his own apartment and girlfriend. Um, and just you keep seeing what he's doing. He just keeps going to one person and lying to them to get them to give him some stuff so he can go and put, put a bet on this and lies to them. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, how do you pull for somebody that just is a complete asshole? Part of it, too, is that when he
1: when he is finally when you think he's finally going to get out and get ahead or at least break even, yeah. which apparently that is not a thing to do, breaking even, uh, he, uh, you know, he calls, like, toward the end, he calls Arno, his his bookie, and says, I got the money. Come, come by and get it. And then he just changes the target. And so they're there yeah. expecting to collect, and he's just pissing everybody off. Yeah, he could have but,
0: just gotten out of that. Just get out of it, uh-huh. you know? Oh, God, dude. It just, I don't know. It was a very, again, and that's how I kind of tied it to our opening, too, with the frustration of all of these people not wearing masks. It's this this frustration of just seeing this play out, seeing that, look, you've got the answer here. You've got the answer. You're good. Like, this will help you be done with it. But it's like his character couldn't help it. It was like he's one of these people who they're not betting to win. They're betting for the thrill of the chase uh, that that chase of feeling the win, right? So once you get that feeling, okay, let's do it again. So,
1: have you ever met anyone that has a lottery addiction or seen anyone? Oh
0: yeah, I've seen I've seen people like that for sure. So,
1: in a previous life, I used to uh, I had a second job, at, and you had the addiction. No, thankfully, no. Oh no, are <laughs> you kidding? A second job wouldn't have paid for it if I had one. But no, I would like I I had a second job, and I would see people go to uh, you know, I, and I would it was it was is a bullshit job just for extra money and got me out of the house too. Um, but it was it was just doing shit at a gas station, you know, just working there behind the counter and whatever. And yeah. this is well before we met, by the way. And so I'm there and people would just come in, scratch off lottery tickets and throw them away because that was their gambling. They would come in and buy like a two dollar, five dollar scratch off and just throw it away. And then you go and you look in the can later when everyone's gone. And there's winners in there. They don't
0: care. They just like the scratching part. Get some scratching yeah, sniff yeah. stickers, man. Well, see, that's the thing. There's a, there's a rush at coming at there might be something, right? And... Uh, and and maybe though for them the the small amount isn't enough like if it's not that big piece then that's just not enough either and then then you get the ones that they go in they win something they come back and immediately buy five more tickets out of their winnings from the one ticket and then scratch all those off and come back and just and it's like this constant loop of rip rip here's a couple more yep. rip here's one more for you, mm-hmm.
1: it, you know? it's the thrill of the chase it's not the yeah, actual and that's what win it felt
0: like. Yeah, and it's that's what it felt like he had, right? But he obviously he has a lot of other baggage. This dude has a lot of shit that he probably needed a therapist for. Or, well, definitely needed a therapist for because, you know, again, you get to these points where you said, you know, moments where there's maybe some redeeming pieces Uh, you know, in moments with his family moments where he's thinking to himself, maybe I want just to come back to this. And, and, and it was, it was right there within his reach, except then his wife was already too far gone. Kind of a thing. Um, it's, it's those moments that to him, he didn't get the win. Do you know what I mean? That's still a part of a chase. That's still like that part of it is a chase. And if he didn't get the win, he felt like the, his life was in the gutter. And that's like that personality, that, that, that real hardcore gambling thing where, the the thrill is about the chase and climbing and climbing and the 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 chance at at getting at the top but man when you can't and you slide those valleys are so deep that you could see that moment where he breaks down remember saying like everything's going right towards the end of the film Mm -hmm. everything's going wrong nothing ever works for him and then dude fucking he made it he had what he needed to do to get out of the situation and then thought Let's go for bigger. Yeah, right. Let's go for bigger. Let's ch- let's
1: take everything that I have to get me out of where I need where I am currently, so I can either start over or whatever. I mean, this movie is obviously a, a commentary on addiction and, and gambling and, and and despair, I think, as well. But it's yeah, you know, he, he's there. He's ready to go. He's almost out of it, and then nope, not at all. Right, but keep in mind, it's uh he was going to pay off. His his bookie, who happens to be his brother in law, but at the same
0: time, that was the crazy shit too, dude. When he was sitting there at the table, I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" You find out he's married to the sister. Uh huh. Well, they're both Jesus. married in to the
1: sisters by sisters. Oh, is that how it was? Yeah, yeah. But you know, you find out that he's his brother in law, which was a kind of an interesting moment. But you know, he also not only that he owed Judd Hirsch, you know, the dad from yeah uh, Independence Day. Uh, who who never doesn't play a Jew, by the way, which he's got that <laughs> lockdown pretty good, by the way. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I mean, Kevin, or Kevin, um, Adam Sandler does as well, because guess what? He's, he's yeah. Jewish. He's Jewish, not he's a Jewish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, the, uh, well, I don't even remember my thought now. Um, you know, he also owed Judd Hirsch money on top of the money yeah. that he owed Arno. So it's like, well, where's he going to get that money from too? So is he trying to just, cover all basis
0: but you know uh well uh, yeah it's tough dude it's tough to say um the film itself uh immediately struck me i was i was hypnotized at the beginning the whole opening with like when it does that whole zoom into the 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 gem and then it was very kind of trippy kind of looking shit and then it ends up pulling out and he was in his colonoscopy Mm -hmm. um stuff like that was just kind of took becomes this kind of dream sequence this kind or or kind of moment of like get ready right like now right now this is the uh, the climbing when you're on a on a roller coaster this is the climbing this is the strapping in and the slow climb to the top cuz this is kind of chill there's nothing that's like freaking you out the second he's out of that colonoscopy that it's it's over that edge of the the roller coaster and down you go and it feels like this movie just doesn't fucking stop for, for except for certain moments which are again these kinds of okay now you have a chance to breathe because we're about to go back into non-stop frenzy I gotta tell you this was a very anxiety inducing uh movie I was very I, there was moments I remember looking over at Aaron going my palms are fucking sweating right now this is how like intense this this feel it's giving me how like chaotic it, it feels um and I think there's a lot to do with Obviously, the, you know, the story that he's being chased and there's all these things kind of the, the world closing in around him. But there's also like everybody was just like rapid fire dialogue in this film. Like there was such anxiety or high tension for it was like, calm down. Can't everybody just sit down in a quiet room and just kind of it felt like everybody was screaming. Well, it felt like
1: everybody was in and from New York. And damn, <laughs> yeah. like, I watched it this morning with E. We We were going to watch it last night. I'm like, yeah. uh, the movie's kind of intense. So do you want to do it tomorrow? And she's like, yes, let's do that instead. So uh, we watched it this morning. And man, it was like, we had to pause it like 20 minutes in. And, and here, the, here's the funny thing. She used to live in New York. Like the city, not, not your kind yeah. of New York. You know, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she also lived in San Francisco and Chicago at one point. So she's used to people being exhausting. But, man, we had to pause it and just walk away for a couple minutes. I think it took us about three hours to watch this movie. It's just a little over, about what, two hours, 15? Yeah. And, man, we had to pause it at, like, 25 minutes and get
0: in an hour. And then, it's so frenetic, dude. It's just so, like. I needed a volume, mm-hmm. man. yes it was it was very uncomfortable so when you pair that with the fact that you really don't want to pull for the guy either because like there was no character in here that had redeeming enough qualities for me to be like this is enjoyable it almost felt like i was i was kind of going along against my will do you know what i mean because every time there was this moment of where i could get control of the character and say all right make these decisions or as a movie viewer there was a lot of times in this film where you start to think you know what's going to happen next because they start to play onto these tropes where that, you know, oh, this is going to happen. Like there's a scene where he goes into uh, his apartment, hides in the closet while his girlfriend's arriving and he's he's calling her saying, you know, "Uh, I'm not even there yet. I'm on my way. And so you hear her say, acting a little weird, like, oh, oh, you're going to be there soon. Okay. I got to go. Like she's, I, I got another call. And for me, I was like, oh shit like he's gonna find out she's cheating on him with somebody else too you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i thought the same thing at least that was and then no right not at all uh there's a scene later on where you know he he ends up kicking out the girlfriend and so i'm not trying to give too much away but he kicks her out and he goes in to check on it uh and the music's blaring and it's like madonna's uh rain uh remember that song rain Mm -hmm. it's just blaring right and she leaves him a note and this note sounds super cryptic and he's and the camera's following him through the house real slow-mo and shit and i'm like oh my god he's gonna find she killed herself or some shit nope she was just gone and so he leaves the the, but it, it gets you in this heightened sense of like okay something's coming and it didn't so it was constant dude it was very much aggravating and i couldn't like i said i felt like i was out of control watching this film
1: yeah i uh
0: Like toward
1: the end, I could start to see some things starting to take shape and and what would happen and, you know, where things are going to, you know, like, oh, this is going to happen. And it did. So some of it started Mm -hmm. to get a little, a little obvious because everything kind of converged in that, you know, but, you know, just some of it was just, it was exhausting. It was action packed. It was thrilling. It was suspenseful. I mean, so I think if they were going for that, which I would imagine that the, that's what the director and the interpreted the material to be that you know it was it it was exactly what they wanted but man i was just like if that's how business is done i'm good man i'll just you know i'll go buy a five dollar lottery ticket and scratch it off once a month if that
0: i'll just go to uh i'll just go to zales to get my jewelry all right i'm not going to these special uh you know jewel dealers down in the jewel district in in new york where you got to go through like five buzzed doors you know Uh -uh. specific hallways uh lock rooms uh, like those little containment areas when you first walk in dude Uh, no thanks no thanks
1: yeah i'm i'm okay i'll uh yeah costco as well (laughs)
0: shady characters dude uh speaking of shady characters let's get into the cast let's get into the acting and actors so adam sandler immediately you know he's the lead of the film um and i gotta tell you i love when he plays serious roles because i know the dude has the chops I remember way back in the day when he first did Punch Drunk Love. And I don't I mean that may have been his one of his first serious roles. Um, but it was the one of the first serious roles I saw him take on. And I just remember just being like, Holy crap, this is like the the Adam Sandler that's like, Oh, what's going on? You know, the just that doofy kind of college humor. Can you do the rest uh, of the show that way? <laughs> oh, you know how will. Um but he wasn't beating Billy Madison or happy Gilmore. This was him playing a serious character. Mm-hmm. And then I remember really knowing like this dude can do it. Did you ever see the movie, um, Rain or me?
1: No, but I have heard, I think I've heard you talk oh. about it a bunch of times.
0: Yeah, dude, we're watching that for this series, uh, for this show. But yeah, dude, it's, it's, that was one of the ones that was like punch in the gut acting. And I was like, Holy cow, this dude can do it. So not, you know, not surprised at his performance, uh, extremely impressed, Loved it. Thought that this character, and I'll tell you why. Because he made me hate him. Because he made it so that I couldn't pull for him. That shows me that he's a great actor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure. What, what do you want me to add to that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's it was it was something else. Uh, who else is okay, bro? Playing himself, Kevin Garnett. <laughs> now, when
1: when he first came on, like, so I know who Kevin Garnett is because. I remember way back when, when he was first drafted, I think it was like 99 or 2000. I think he's out. Like he might be m- like right in between our age. Cause we're like two years apart, I believe. Yeah. And I think he went right from high school to the NBA and was drafted by the, the Timberwolves. Right. And, and you know, our NBA expert, Johnny would tell us, no,
0: no, no. Oh, you're wrong. It was, he would just tell you you're wrong in the year. It was 95. Was it 95? yeah but still he is around our age dude he's yeah he's he was born 76 um yeah that's i remember he made headlines it was one of those things that back then he was on the cover of sports illustrated yeah 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 he could i mean and i like the way he he kind of played himself but it was funny like you said this weird kind of obsession with that that stone um but i was saying like I think it points back to the scene where, uh, you know, he brings it out originally and he's telling him all about it and talks about how, you know, he's showing him pictures of the the black Jews in Africa and all this stuff. And then he shows him this I'm thing. I'm surprised he and wasn't he gave... offended by that, to be quite honest. <laughs> I,
1: I, honestly, I like I thought like when you when a white guy, I mean, especially in the current society that we're in, when a white yeah. guy says, I bought this for 100 grand off of these black oh, yeah. Jews in Ethiopia, look at this History Channel thing. I'm surprised he wasn't like, man, forget this guy. I'm pissed off now because he's exploiting my people.
0: See, he didn't say how much he paid for it until much at towards the end of the film, which I, I can't wait to get into that piece, too, because I feel like that's super important and actually helped explain a lot about the character. Mm-hmm. But um, Kevin Garnett, dude, remember when he gives him that, what do you call that little uh, binocular or whatever that uh, thing the, is? That the, the
1: jeweler's, um, the jeweler's uh, lens or whatever. Monocle, yeah, whatever. It's it not quite a monocle. It's like a jeweler's lens or something.
0: Yeah, so he puts it on his eye, and he looks into this opal, right? And then all of a sudden, here comes this kind of like he's look, psychedelic. He's thing. looking at the Aurora Borealis. There's that. There's like, did you notice uh, there was it, there was a quick zoom in of the pyramids from above. Yeah. Uh, there was a quick flash of, of of Kevin Garnett. It was like one of his childhood uh, school photos. And for him, it was like, holy cow, this thing has like my bloodline in it. Like, I need this kind of. A, so I think that's where the mystical power came from for him. Like it was his destiny.
1: Or density, like, or whatever,
0: to own it. Uh, and then what happens? Dude, he puts on a hell of a fucking game that night, right? He walks away with it, gets get, gets a chance to borrow it, and puts on a hell of a game. So that just kind of reinforces it. So at the end, when he becomes almost kind of obsessive with it, uh, he kind of reminded me, like in the locker room, he he reminded me of um, what is it, my, the precious, uh, what's his name?
1: You mean like from Lord, Lord, of, the Lord Rings? of the Rings? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why the word dolomite almost came out of my mouth. But- <laughs> That would be hilarious. No, it was,
0: um, begins with a G, right?
1: Um, Go-
0: Gollum. Gollum, yeah. That's what he reminded me of Gollum with the precious, like him pulling it out and like, like caressing it and looking at sniffing it and stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, he's really budding. He's into that. this thing. Heck yeah, dude. Um, who else? Oh, like you said, Judd Hirsch is in this. Judd Hirsch is a great actor, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he really is. been around for a very, very, very long time. Taxi. Uh, I remember him from taxi. I was a little kid watching uh, when that TV show was on reruns. I'm glad you didn't say um, taxi driver. As a little kid, I remember watching taxi driver. Well, that's a weird statement to say. <laughs> um, let's see the weekend. The weekend was in here, played himself. Um, And that scene in the club, again, was one of those things to me that gave us a chance to breathe, right? When the music was playing and he he was just kind of losing himself in the crowd and listening to the music, just those little moments was like, oh, my God, I can freaking breathe right now because this is insane how quick this movie's going. And then, you know, it just erupts again later on. Let me
1: speak to that scene real quick. The imagery used and uh, with uh, uh, Lakeith uh, Stanfield, who played Damani as well, him Mm -hmm. and Julia – uh, who was Julia De Fiore. Like this is her second film and she was great. Was it really? Yeah, but LaKeith and uh, Julia the way that they were lit in that scene when they had the black light on and it was him in that orange that was popping under the black light and her in the white it like and yeah. and it was just the two of them were in the the foreground and the background and everything every other ground just the way it was lit uh the way the lighting was cuz apparently lit is a word kids say now. <laughs> and you know, just the imagery of those are the two that are the most important to the story right now. And and mm-hmm. Adam Sandler Howard was just kind of in the back blended into the background. He wasn't relevant at that very moment.
0: Right. It was um that see for me and and for me those uh again, those were those moments that gave you a chance to breathe and just kind of start processing what's happening at the moment. For a minute. Um and I think it's nice too. I think it was very needed and and for me I thought it was beautifully done that that scene like you said with the black light with the popping of certain contrasting colors I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool as uh you know from a filmmaker standpoint I liked that a lot. Uh dude Arno Eric Bogosian, uh well-known actor Law and Order, Criminal Intent which was not very well known.
1: Really? I mean it I mean it did have uh what's his name in it? Um Vincent D'Onofrio, but it was the like uh it was the third cousin of the other Law and Order shows that were on at the time. Uh, not really uh. not really as big. Oh well, hey, he was in Blade Trinity. Oh, he was also in Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. And Beavis and Butthead do America. But <laughs> but not to be <laughs> yeah, outshined by
0: Under Siege Two. Oh man, that is just a classic. We'll probably revisit that in the future at some point. Boy, I hope not. Oh, we're gonna have to. <laughs> there's, uh, yeah. Um, let's see who else showed up in this film. Uh, you said uh, the guy who played Demani, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Uh, he- gr- great performance. So many times in this, again, with the performances and when, with the way they were just kind of shooting this and and telling the story, there were so many times I literally thought this dude was just gonna was gonna take off with that thing. You know what I mean? And and he just didn't. And it, it it's. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things, again, where it it, it didn't, this movie does not give you the comfort of at least getting kind of something you're used to seeing, like the payoff of, oh, I knew that swerve was coming.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was so dodgy, but then again, so was Adam Sandler's character being as dodgy as he was. He was giving it right back to him intentionally or unintentionally. But like with his character, I didn't know at the very beginning what his deal was. Is he just there hanging out? Does he work there? Is he to help? you know, further the conversation. But you know, we find out that he's there to bring people in who can afford it into the shop to buy these things from him. And he also sells watches there on the side that are potentially not real. Yeah. Um, but he's been in some other big, big things too: get out knives out, uh, Atlanta, the TV show. He's got a pretty rocking, uh, photo on wikipedia from san diego comic-con 2017 that isn't that is a that is a bold outfit to wear and i like it a lot something what is it what's it what's it from i can't even describe it to you chris you have to pull it up and look it up
0: oh no i'm looking at it but what is that from i
1: don't know but it it honestly looks almost like it's a leather suit with like uh, Uh from like mid sternum it goes outward at a at a diagonal to his shoulders and it's got a big old turtleneck. It's two tone. It's the the white on the sleeves and the and the chest and the stomach, but black in that that cutout. Yeah, and it it, it kind of looks like uh, an old looks Mighty like Morphin. It be outfit. pulling a cowl down or something. Helmet over it. It looks like honestly like like um, uh, a color, a palette swap of the uh, Mighty Morphin Green Ranger outfit minus the buckle in the middle nice it's It's interesting, but I couldn't pull that off. I'll tell you that much right now
0: nice uh two other uh very well known actresses show up in this film, but only as voices yeah, I saw that um natasha leon mm-hmm. uh she's from um what else is she from i I can't think of it right now it's oh god the uh, orange is the new black is is the first i'm, I'm i know she was in American pie. She's in something else. I can't remember the name of it, is where I remember her from as well. Probably just American Pie. Yeah. I, uh, she plays the the voice of the uh the Celtic staff member that that he's trying to get uh all nasty with right before KG walks in. <laughs> uh she was uh, in and, also in Blade Trinity. Oh, that's right, she was. And Scary Movie um, 2. And then, dude, the uh the auction house manager that we only hear her voice on the mm-hmm. phone that he uh continues to fight with fucking tilda swinton man yeah big get big get like who would have even i would never have known that unless i wasn't looking at the wikipedia page that was actually it's pretty cool to to know that's like a little uh, piece of trivia um but yeah dude i think i think we pretty much said a lot all we can on the actors and acting um unless you have any final thoughts on that
1: no i mean it was a a great cast um I, i think it was just very it was a full cast but they did a really good job of kind of you know making them the character and not the person behind the character playing the character you know how some movies should be like oh they live oh that's roddy piper that's keith david that's bad acting
0: this the opposite i would say nice nice let's uh let's move on to uh this isn't going to be a long conversation uh the soundtrack There's really not much. I mean, aside from the weekend, be having you know a few songs on there, and there was also what was the other song? There's a song that plays when he's going to his apartment with his son uh, coming up with him because he's got to take a shit. Yeah. Uh, there's a song that's playing in the car that's an actual song. I, I can't remember the name uh, the name of it now, but it's an actual you know uh, a, a song that you'd hear on the radio. Other than that, the rest of this film is all score. Yeah, and but Orig- original the score was good
1: though. I mean, I thought it was. You know, I thought it was really well done. You
0: know? I wasn't expecting this score though. I cuz immediately what comes to mind is a very 80s synthy kind of Stranger Things feel with the score, and I did not expect that for this film whatsoever.
1: No, but it I mean, you could definitely tell when there were certain um, you know, when there were certain uh events and emotional responses that you that mm-hmm. were expected, you know, then boom, there they were. Yeah. But it was and- it was really well placed i think
0: yeah i like the way you said that because it's the 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 use of that kind of synth um it it's you wouldn't think again like i said you wouldn't think of it for this kind of film but they used it really well because there's a lot of times where there's you know there's kind of like this anxious feeling coming and it really works the way these synths hit and and these certain notes hit or there's moments of of kind of like an exhilaration uh or or, you know and, and again it, it just fit. It was, it was, it's definitely different. It threw me off. I was not expecting it. I don't know why. I felt like this was going to have more of a, like a hip hop or like a, like a, a Quentin Tarantino style, um, you know, soundtrack. You don't think that uh, would have taken you out of it a
1: little bit more, though?
0: It may have. It really may have because, th- because of, you know, being the original score made you be, pay attention more, and really didn't allow you to get distracted from the uncomfortable, anxiety-inducing feeling you were being dragged through. Really, it didn't. It didn't allow you that that reprieve.
1: Yeah, and and I think kudos to because it, it really does add to, you know, the the Rrr, what the hell ah, type stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, it was uh, The soundtrack was done by Daniel Lo- Lopatin, I think. Uh, it says he's best known by the recording alias one oh tricks point never He's a Brooklyn-based American musician working in electronic and experimental music. So he's into the synth, you know, experimental electronic. And it, it is a beautiful sounding soundtrack. It really is. Um, looks like on
1: Wikipedia it says that they're... Drawing parallels to that of John Carpenter and a previous discussion, Vangelis. Yeah. I forget. Oh, was nice. that Blade Runner? Yeah.
0: Very, very nice, dude. Um, But overall, I think it, it did fit this film. You know, like you like you said, it, the way they did it, you know, it accentuated a lot of the emotion and a lot of what was happening in the, in the film. And so it went well. It, it kind of reminds me of A Scanner Darkly, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like it just fit. It, it was part of the... If, if you're looking at a painting, it was just part of it. It was the it was the you know the scenery that was involved in the painting.
1: Yeah, it's the backdrop. It's this. It's the whatever, you know, the the background to the foreground. It just adds to
0: your whole experience. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's much as I can say. There was not many songs to talk about. It was a. It was. It was a, a good soundtrack. And a lot of them uh, too were were just clips from the movie
1: too. The the the, the script, you know, just lift it mm. and put inside of that audio for the soundtrack, which is kind of weird because you'd think that that would be separate, but I guess not.
0: Yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, all right, let's go from the audio to the visual. Uh, let's look into special effects. not many right there were minimal but there were other things that unless you kind of noticed so uh right away the beginning that kind of horrific looking leg injury that looked pretty good mm mm-hmm. the, the minor's leg injury that was pretty sweet uh and that
1: could easily be a practical effect you know have someone who doesn't have easily. that portion of their leg create a you know create a fake leg and stick it on there yeah it was it looked great um what else uh well there was a couple bullets that And some blood spatter, but that's not really a special. Typically, not a special effect, like CG wise, more so practical. But yeah,
0: still a good. It still looked good. You know, it wasn't kind. It wasn't the the uh, dude. It wasn't the the death scene in RoboCop '87. Okay, it it (laughs) it was very realistic looking, and it it looked good. There was also the think uh, about that
1: statement. The death scene (laughs) in RoboCop,
0: a robot,
1: a cybernetic, a cyborg. Robots, person, a guy with just a face and a brain inside of a suit of uh, metallic armor, arresting exactly. people and killing people. Think about that statement, for?
0: Chris. <laughs> what are you looking for, right? Yeah. Um, but then how about the opening sequence, that whole kind of diving and even in, at the end of the film, diving into the jewel or diving into the bullet hole and doing that whole kind of, you know, uh, the idea is, is I guess, cause that is a thing. There is a specific kind of photography in which they f- uh, photograph gems. It's called photo mic- they It's it's the micro photography, you know? Um, and so I guess that what they're trying to p- portray is what it kind of looks like when you start to delve into the deeper, deeper world of inside those gems. Uh, but again, obviously that's all CG. That's not, you know, practical. Uh it looked good. I liked it. Like I said, I was very kind of at the very beginning of this film entranced. I felt like I was in a trance just kind of following along that thing until we came out of his colon. I don't think that the colon
1: and I guess to go back to story, I don't think that the colon part is really necessary. That part in the story is just kind of there. Why not just have it come out of you know, have it just pull right out to the opal where these guys find it. Yeah. Or out of the jewelry store and then he's watching some, you know, this thing. I don't know. The colon was not relevant to the story whatsoever so i I, they could have had a yeah i think they could
0: i think there is a piece where it is but i think it also speaks to they were doing things opposite of what you would expect because the second we did that uh aaron mentioned that she goes watch we're going to pull out and now they're going to be holding this thing in the the jewelry store and it didn't happen that way you know what i mean so i think that's kind of a piece of that where they're they're not going to let you guess what's coming because they want you to feel this like this anxiety for the rest of this film Mm. um and i think the colon scene is important it's a red herring yeah yeah i think the colon scene is important in that you know aside from trying to you know uh, avoid bookies and and uh you know gangsters and all this other stuff Uh, who want him dead he's also trying to avoid death itself because he's got in the back of his mind that he may have some sort of cancer because during that scene he says oh there's a polyp there we're going to do a little scan of that or you know what i mean good point i didn't think about that yeah so i that's um i feel like that's a that's that was a piece in there but overall the special effects in here a lot of them were very practical there wasn't much um in terms of cg you know there Mm -hmm. wasn't any robot Cops, (laughs) cops <laughs> or or stop motion uh, animation, uh, but overall, I think it looked good and and I, if you want to put into the visuals, you know just how it looks as a visual, I thought it was great too. There was a lot of kind of use of neon light, um a lot of use of different kinds of uh camera shots. You know, I'm a huge huge fan of tracking shots, uh one take tracking shots. And there's a lot like remember when everybody was stuck in that door and he was trying to get it open and so he's banging on it and everything and going back and asking the guy to bring this and it was all one shot just back and forth and moving around that tight quarters. It's uh I thought visually it looked good. So, um I think that's about it, right? Did you remember anything else in terms of special effects? I don't
1: really I can't think of any because it's all set in the real world and it's very practical and and You know, it's just a guy doing, trying to do business poorly. And, you know, uh, the only other special effect I can think of is on that guy in the helicopter. Um, And when he was hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know that that's a special effect. I hope. Who is that, by the way? He's a no name.
0: Because do you know who he looked like to me? Look like Mickey Rourke or Bruce Dern, like an old Bruce Dern. We gotta find out. There's gotta be somebody who. It's a no name, like the guy that plays him in on IMDb has is is not a name.
1: He is a no name. Um, I'll pull it
0: up for you here in a half second. Uh, yeah, because um, I t- I swear to God, I thought that was Mickey Rourke, dude, or or uh David Cross with a lot of like real like messed up makeup, dude.
1: Yeah, I could see that too. But yeah, he's just a just a normal dude. He's was a pop uh, a producer on something called uh, TXT
0: MSG. Um, hold please. and his name is i feel bad calling him no name because he had a he had a kind of a part in the film that was you know kind of humorous and again i also thought this was another thing with this character another kind of misdirect where they made Uh you think oh god i think i know what's going to happen and nope not at all he was just this kind of side character his
1: name is wayne diamond he is billed as high roller even though she did call him bruce at one point And he looks like a guy that quite honestly lives in Florida. (laughs) I mean, he's got that leathery tan and he is not. So he looks like
0: that. That's not even special effects. That's not even makeup.
1: No, but I mean, that's that. There was the joke, Chris. (laughs) But yeah, he's only been in two things uh, and he's been a producer and a director of one other thing.
0: I'm sorry. Tell me he doesn't look like he doesn't look like Mickey Rourke. Oh, he does. (laughs) totally bro post face fuck up yeah dude (laughs) I think he's trying to look like him for real
1: yeah I mean too funny dude he's uh he's got more pictures on IMDB than he does credits oh damn (laughs) this picture right here that I'm looking at with the sunglasses on man he looks like if Macho Man had feathered hair or if Ultimate Warrior was more (laughs) tan
0: Oh, God. Is that possible? It's nuclear then. Um, anyway. All right. So that's uh, special effects and practical effects and visuals in the film. Um, overall, dude, were, were there any certain moments that really stuck out to you in this film? Things that made you keep? Because I'll tell you, after I finished watching it, at first, again, I didn't know how I felt. It was just kind of, uh But I kept thinking about it. I couldn't stop. So many different scenes kept coming back. Um, how about for you? Anything stuck out to you specifically? I
1: mean, like the whole movie was just an intense ride. Like, you know, I I looked it up and I found so far. Yeah, you just got the picture of Wayne I sent you, didn't you? (laughs) Man, that guy's a a treat. So there were three different answers that I found on on the internet today. How many times they dropped the F-bomb in this movie? On the low end, it's 408. On the high end, it's 560. I don't know how you have that much difference unless it was like a, from the script or from like a print version of the, of the movie or the final version. It it didn't really say, but damn, that's a lot. And, you know, so like that really took me out of the movie a lot. It was like watching backdraft or or the first time you watched um, the movie with Kevin Bacon where he's in the desert and there's these things that come up from underground um, I can't think of that movie, but they made uh, tre- uh, tremors. Tremor. It's tremors. Tremors, yeah. yeah tremors. They made three of them in a TV series, and I hope we never watch that movie
0: or movies. It's <laughs> bad. I mean, it's we like, may. No,
1: we, we shouldn't. We're
0: going to have a Kevin Bacon month. Dude, we got a ton. That, that's the there. theme. It's just going to be a Kevin Bacon month. We should just and do then, And then the month after that is going to be a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, and we'll watch any movies where we have to attach him in, by Six Degrees.
1: No, here's what we do. In January, we do one degree of Kevin Bacon. In February, oh, yes. we do two. Dude and three come on. in March. Oh, great. Just one time per month.
0: That'd be amazing. So
1: you know, it's just the, the amount of F bombs that they drop is just oh, oh, it's yeah. amazing. It's like every other word, it seems. I'm like, Okay, it doesn't even make grammatical sense right there. You're not. Well, con- it's New
0: York City, bro. Yeah, that's true. You're fucking right. That's fucking right. <laughs> it is New York I, I, City. I, fu-
1: I fucking forgot that fucking fact. Fucking, the fucking even, city, bro. Geez, man. Like, I can't even. I get exhausted just doing doing that. Um. <laughs> but yeah, like the movie was just so intense that, like, there was so many things, like the uncomfortable car ride home and the uncomfortable, Ugh. you know, when he goes to when he makes Damani go back to. Uh, Philly. I love how he's like it's a two-hour drive. Nope. Yeah, let's go. nope.com It is not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, just all just like he's so demanding of everybody. But when people are demanding of him, he's like, back off. Cut me a break.
0: Like, what the hell? Yeah. Why so, can't life cut me a break?
1: Yeah. And so it's not so much this time. Well, there was one part, but there, it, for the most part, it's not so much the the different things and different scenes or different uh, actions and events that, that I remember it's the character and their the way they are. Like I remember the characters and just damn. But uh, although I do like the fact that John Amos made a very brief cameo. Did he? Yeah. He was the neighbor when his son had to go boom, boom.
0: Oh yes. Yes. That's right. That's right, dude. That was, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I that, was that was pretty sweet. sweet. He's, he's, like, good this times. Guy. he's like, this is dad on good times. Yep. And I was wondering, I was like, is it really going to be him? And it was dude, that was really cool. Yeah, he wouldn't let him use his bathroom. That was a good scene. Um, One of my favorite scenes, for me, felt like it really kind of explained the character at the towards the very end you know we find there was finally this kind of like okay i understand why you are the way you are and it was the scene you're talking about like when uh kevin garnett's asking him he's like okay it's just you and me here let's be real what did you pay for this kind of a thing right and so he pays for it and you could see kevin garnett does get pissed dude kind of like you taking advantage of those people like what the fuck right but then that's when when he uh sandler turns it on and is like bro, give me a break. You're KG, right? Like you go out every night, even if you're killing somebody by 30, if they're saying you suck, you're not going to come out there and put your foot on their neck, right? You're not going to do what you got to do to get on top and to be on top. He's like, you have the way you play. He's basically saying basketball's your game and the way you go through and, and try to dominate and show you're the best is by doing what you do. And he's like, This is my world, man. This is what I do. And I'm trying to just show that I'm just trying to get out on top and I'm trying to win. Do you know what I mean? Um, And then that's why for me, I felt like, I guess I could see where he's coming from. I don't like him, but I definitely understand. It made so much of his decision making throughout the entire film make sense now uh, because exactly I could see the kind of person he was now that didn't matter what was going to happen. He was always going to chase that next kind of, you know, what is it that's going to make me feel I'm on top? Because Everybody in my life thinks I'm a joke. No matter what, I keep trying to prove it. I keep trying to come out on top, and they all think I'm a jo- I'm a joke. You know what I mean? He's almost Even to the point like he's chasing
1: went, the dragon all the time. Exactly, is what he's doing exactly?
0: Exactly. Like he went. I was going to point out like he goes and he you know for that one redeeming moment, that moment where he's like, okay, I'm done with all that. Can't we do this? Let's let's try to do this. And she just starts laughing at him. And you're just like, oh, that just doesn't help. You know, that just kind of reinforces the way he feels like he's the victim so that all of his decision making is actually for the betterment. Why doesn't everybody just cut him a break and just see if it'll it'll work out? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's not how things work.
0: Yeah, no, no, unfortunately it's not. Um, and the, the last scene I would have to say that really stuck to me was the very end. Um, and so spoiler alerts, if you have not seen the film completely and you're, for some reason you're listening to us talk about it before you've seen it, but I'm about to say something that does give away the ending, but dude, first of all, I don't know why he opened the door. Why not open the door that leads into the hall, right? Yeah, exactly. But because he does, you know, the ending ends the way it did. And for me, I I knew that was,
1: I saw that happening.
0: I saw it immediately too. The second he was like, Oh, I was like, Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, here we go. And then boom.
1: Salt and pepper Liam Neeson went into business for himself.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And um but for me it was kinda like this is the perfect ending for this character. Yep. Because he went out happy. He right. was on top of the world. He and, literally finally won. And if he had survived, he'd have just been chasing the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think, you know, he went out on top. And that was literally
0: laying there with a smile on his face. Yeah. He had a grin, that grin still on his face laying there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, Oh, you know what? One thing did stick out, stand out in my mind. Now that I think about it even more is when the first time Kevin Garnett comes in and, Mm. First of all, he's like a helicopter parent for his jewelry business. Don't lean on that. Please stop
0: leaning on that. Don't <laughs> lean on that. But before the hey, before, KG, the glass do me breaks, a favor, don't yeah. lean on that case. Yeah. KG, KG, can you watch those elbows? Well, he's so pushy at
1: you know, in there. He's like, here, you know, charge this up for me. Here, do that, here, get these guys some water. And Phil like just backhands him uh in the first scene of the movie. But then when Kevin comes in, he shows in that little Furby with the moving eyes. It's like what the hell is that? <laughs>
0: that's amazing that's old school dude ain't kidding and i think that was i think the point to those was like they were trying what was this damani was trying to point out like this is an old school he's been around making you know the 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 chains for the rappers since day one when that stuff started and that's what they did back in the day they were blinging out all kinds of stuff even little furbies yeah and Um, i mean he was big time on his team still then yep exactly exactly um I think it's time for ratings, dude. Time to rate this film. Oh, what do you got?
1: If I may, I would like to introduce a new segment. We did not talk about this ahead of time. I'm good with it. What's the name of this segment? So this segment is just called movie poster question mark, because if we found a place to insert it, Um, I don't have a name for this segment, but the movie poster, what did you think of it? overwhelming overwhelming does it draw you in does it not and yes. the poster that i'm talking about is just the black and white with just a complete black um shadow around adam
0: sandler with the uh with the paper towels in his nose and him holding his face 100% i feel like it's so minimal but the image they are showing gives you enough to go what the fuck happened now i got to see this i got to see what's going on with this
1: there's I mean, there's a if you just search for a movie poster, uncut gems on Google, you'll find a, Oh, images, by the way. Uh-huh. You'll find a ton of it, including one of them where he's holding the, the Furby and it just says uncut gems above it. It's just the Furby. <laughs> but there, yeah, are I see so, that one. there are so many better ones that people have done, like in the vein of like him turning his face to the side. And there's Phil, like half of Phil's face behind him. Oh, yeah, I see Covered that by somebody else. And uh, I mean, there's some other ones where it's, you know, like the pawn shop one, which would be a really good like the pawn, like the two diamonds. Yeah. With the hooked arrow and then the one, you know, the, the pawn symbol. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I a get it. Fiction version down below. I mean, there's a lot of fan ones that are really. You see good.
0: the see the Scarface version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Eddie I mean, yeah, I do get it. I do get it. It does look kind of cool. Um, I don't know, but for me, there's something about the minimalist thing behind this, especially the black and white. It's it's got a kind of gritty starkness to it. The face that he's got on him, kind of you know, kind of base looking off. There's kind of like this. It doesn't. It, you don't know. Does he look defeated? Does he look worried? Does he look like he's anticipating something? Um, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, dude. It looks. It looks. I like this one actually. Hold,
1: hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I found a Photoshop version in the vein of uncut gems. It's called unfluffed Korgs. And there's a Corgi with those same glasses on.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> I see it. I see him. <laughs> That's too that, funny, dude.
1: Here's a good one, though. Like a basketball court that says uncut gems, in like an overhead that says uncut gems in the middle. Like, that makes sense because there's a basketball player in the movie.
0: Yeah, I could see it. I really could. I mean, doing all that, I really could. But in terms of what they did release, I think that is very – I th- I like it. I'm yeah, taking I'm, it that you're like, eh, it's, it's not enough.
1: <laughs> I, I think it could be better. It could be more yeah. like okay so what else is going on in this movie besides Adam Sandler with like and you're like what what is in his nose but you know there are you know and the watch and all the gold and you're like all right well this guy just got his butt kicked he probably deserved it cuz look at the way he's dressed look what he's wearing but you know i i, I w- think i think it, it it maybe i just want a little bit more from it
0: I get you. Some some people do. Some people want to see a little bit more that that catch the eye, but I think for me this is a good this kind of hits the kind of feel for it too, the kind of film it is. Um I like this too, dude. I like this segment. I think we should do this. We should we should comment on the theatrical release movie posters on these and then pull up Google images and look at all the different other versions that are out there and which ones we you know may have beaten those out. Yeah, cuz Blade Runner inspired the writing
1: of RoboCop. The poster inspired it. Yeah. So maybe Chris will write a movie
0: Oh, I'm sure we will. I have no, I have no doubt we're going to, and it's going to be, it'll be the best, the best ever. Um, it's definitely going to get the best rating. Let's get a rating on this movie, Uncut Gems. Uh, we're going to rate this in Black Opals. Uh, you want to kick it off, John?
1: Yeah, I'll go first. Um, because I have a lot, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie.
0: Yes, say it.
1: Uh, so, um, so with this movie, I mean, there's a, there's a big cast. Uh, you know, it takes place in not only in in New York City, but also, you know, the setup is in is in, um, you know, Africa and, you know, there's there's sports stars. There's uh, I like the fact that the NBA will license itself and its teams to uh, to movies, whereas the NFL is like, no, we're
0: good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're also putting they're like, hey, oh, you're going to use one of our top players. And he's also going to be kind of interact in a kind of shady way. Sure. Why not? Yeah. And I
1: like the fact that Kevin Garnett was in it and I think this might be him trying to do what LeBron James did in train spot (laughs) or train spotting, uh, train wreck, slightly different movie there. Um, but you know, the, the, the intensity, the anxiety inducingness, uh, inducedness of this movie, the, the score that really fit well into this movie, uh, the acting, especially from a lot of people that you don't know who the hell they are. Um, uh, you know, I mean, Adam Sandler carries it very well. He also mm-hmm. shows you that he is that put upon person. He is uh, fighting, scrapping to get what he needs. Maybe not in a very ethical way, or maybe in a very, um, you know, uh, dirt getting his hands dirty in a, a you know in a, a, a shades of gray type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the soundtrack was great. The story was really good. It just kept it kept me in for a long time. Um, you know, the, the negatives I had to pause it because man, it was a little too intense for me. I am, I am a Northerner by birth, but I live in the South and I am not anywhere near the, the, uh, the level of, of, of just, let's just talk nonstop real fast, real long, uh, like that of New York, uh, those in New York. And man, I couldn't deal with the seedy underworld of having bookies or or (laughs) anything else. Um, But, you know, I think all in all, the movie was great. The acting was great. The story was solid. Um, So, uh, and it's long enough that I don't think much was left out or cut. So uh, I think honestly, you know, I wouldn't watch this. This is not a daily watch or a Mm -hmm. weekly watch at all. This is a once in a great while type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it's a movie that if you're not feeling... You need to watch this movie so you can double check that you can feel things. <laughs> um, but I'm going to have to say this is at least a four. This is probably a 4.3 for me out of five opals, black opals.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Let me tell you the fuck I think about this fucking movie real quick. Fucking do this it. Fucking movie. The fuck you, the you movie. waiting for? Let's fucking go. F- fucking amazing. All right. Fucking Christ. Uh No. Um. Dude, a lot of what you said for sure. Acting, I mean, I think we discussed, you know, I think when we go through all of the aspects, people already know what we feel. So they know I thought this was phenomenally acted. Sandler again just blows me away every time he does something serious because he can do he can do silly he can even do old man silly now like i mean it, it, it's not one of his greatest films but even the one the, what's that the best friends with kevin james and chris rock and all them you know he still wants to be the goofy old man but he's the idea of now I'm you know I'm, I'm a little older now so it's kind of like the elder statesman of the goofiness um but, man, when he plays serious films, it always makes me – it just always reminds me of, like, what a treasure we have in him. And this, he really did a great job in this film, uh, so much so that you fucking hate him. You hate his – like, I did not like him. You know, he just made me feel – well, that's not true because there were those slight redeeming moments where you're like, please, just come on. Just do the right thing. Make the right decision and start turning this movie around so we can get the ending we all know we want. Um. So, again, you know – Acting it was great. Soundtrack, the score. Uh, again, for me, this fits right up there with *A Scanner Darkly*. And if you listen to that episode, um, you know that that was a surprise movie for me. I'd never seen it before. Um, and and just the the way that the soundtrack hit me the way it kind of weaved itself throughout the film is actually part of the fabric of the film not just kind of something added to accentuate that's the same thing that i felt here uh, even though it wasn't expected like i said i was really expecting some sort of maybe hip hop or you know 50s 60s rock uh but we got you know we got stranger things 80s synth um and it was really cool i liked it a lot um I mean, what else do you say? It was frenetic. It was the, it was like you said, you can't watch. This isn't a film that I'm going to just go, go, uh, oh, I'm going to watch this again next week. It was great. You know, um, there are films that have high pace, high, high action that I can watch over and over with no kind of anxiety feelings, but this one, man, it was really intense. Um, and it, you just had this feeling of, again, for me kind of being out of control. Like I have zero control over this ride. I just have to experience it and go through it and then come out the end You know, hopefully enjoying it, which I did, you know, again, for me, great. I thought at first I wasn't. I'll tell you, I'll be 100% honest. I, I, right at the end, at the very end, when I hit stop, I thought to myself, what the hell is everybody talking about? Why do they think this was so great? That was not great. That was a little much for me. And then I just kept thinking about it and going back to the story and playing it out and really delving into the thoughts of the characters and, and motivations and, and then really appreciating the pacing of the film and realizing like what they were doing with it and how they were using it as effectively as they were. Um, and then put it in the middle of one of the most chaotic cities in, in our country. It just felt like, like you said, this feels like it's of and in New York City. It's just that's part New York City itself. You know, uh, the, the, it's an
1: uncredited character.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the way people talk, the way they move, the kind of crowdedness to it, the, it's all in this, this film as well. Um, so I'm with you, dude. I think this is one of the better films we've watched in a while. I've watched in a, in a quite a while. Um, and I'm putting this one at a 4.5 black opals, um, not up at five, I mean, I probably would have if I watch it again in the future i'll probably see more and enjoy it for more, but this film you know it's it's definitely something to check out and if and if and if you're a listener, look if you're a listener that listened to this entire episode and listened to us break down all these pieces of this film and you've not seen it, uh just go see it. trust me, we are not doing it any justice in the way we're describing it um uh, i think we're, we're 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 pretty much hitting it on the head in, in terms of how it feels, but it's something to experience, at least in my 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 thought. Experience at least once, like you said. You're not gonna be Sean watching this every every other week, so. Neither is he. No, no, sir. So I think we can both agree that this is going to make itself up uh, its way on our uh, Silence Your Phones DVD shelf for sure. Um, for sure. For show. Uncut gems, dude. Wow, wow. What a what a film. Um now what do you got for us next week dude you didn't tell me ahead of time so this is going to be a surprise to me
1: So I'm I'm now debating if I want to do that one or if I want to do another one so I'm going to give you the choice Oh okay Uh so the first one um the first the first choice is from 1987 the classic GI Joe the movie
0: Oh ho, ho, ho. okay
1: or The other choice would be from 1989, another classic, Roadhouse. Oh,
0: dude. Okay. Um, Oh, man. It's a tough one, isn't it? This is tough because Roadhouse, it is. It's such a classic. And I haven't seen it in such a long time that this is another film I'm interested to see again to see how I feel about it. Because Uh, they're practically
1: the same movie.
0: And the same with G.I. Joe, (laughs) right? And if we do G.I. Joe, it'll be our first animated film.
1: You want to do one, then the other?
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude, let's do let's do G.I. Joe first, and then we'll hit Roadhouse after.
1: I like the way you think.
0: I'm loving it. So next week, we're going to be watching 1987, you said? 1987?
1: 1987's classic, G.I. Joe, the movie.
0: Blunderers! Fools! We possess power greater than any on Earth. Yet our conquests are stripped from us on every front. Our most dangerous enemy is not G.I. Joe, but your collective incompetence.
1: Hogwash! What, you dare say? The fault, most imperial Serpentor, lies not within us, but within
0: you! Sweet. Sweet, 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 sweet. I'm looking forward to it, dude. Um, Alright, I guess I'm done. Anything else you want to say before we hit the lights uh, and, and kick everyone out of the theater?
1: Um, no I mean just watch this have the pause button ready and um, I love how I said no and then I start talking <laughs> uh, Yeah, watch this with someone who is okay with you yelling at the screen and pausing it normally I'm not that person but man this movie needed a little bit of levity to it yeah it is very yeah, it was, is
0: intense I remember pausing it at about an hour an hour and 37 in going isn't this almost done and it said like another 37 38 minutes I was like oh wow Oh, I guess we got to keep going. <laughs> it's like and it wasn't l- for a bad thing. It wasn't like, oh, God, why mm-hmm. is this still going? It was just like it, God, it's not they like, live long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Not not like that whatsoever. Uh, anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Silence Your Phones. We appreciate the support. Uh, make sure you go ahead to iTunes or it's not even iTunes anymore. Apple Podcasts. Hit over there. Make sure you rate us. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, we have a Facebook page or Facebook group coming here soon. I, I kind of like groups better than pages, dude. I don't know. I feel like groups... Um, it it, it it kind of makes people want to in, in, in interact more. You know what I mean? It's not more of a just wait for whatever the, the podcast is going to post. So uh, we're going to put something up on Facebook for listeners to kind of gather around and discuss the films that we have covered and will be covering. Other than that, make sure you check out BICVP-radio.com for all the other amazing podcasts on our network. We have grown as a network. Not sure if you're aware of this dude, but we're up to 31 shows on the network now.
1: I remember when I was the third show on the network
0: isn't that's a that's a badge of honor man that's a badge of honor oh i know OG. um all right guys thanks so much for listening once again it is now time to unsilence your phones